Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. My hope is that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But regardless of whether you come to our meetings or you don't or you missed or maybe you live in a different state or in a different country, hey, we want you to know that we love you so much and we hope that you can join in on the conversation that we started at our meeting on Monday night. And I'm so excited to have a conversation with my good friend who's here with us today, and I'm, I'm so excited for you to be able to get to know him a little bit. And uh, so without, you know, holding things up anymore, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Alex, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs, alcohol, lust, and pride, and not necessarily in that order. Alex, thank you so much, man, for being here, and thanks so much for sharing with us on Monday night. You're very welcome. It's a good time. Yeah. So we actually, we had a really, really great group. It seemed like, um, you know, kind of our, our group is getting back to a little bit uh, of a normalcy or, or I don't even if it, no, it's normal anymore, but you've been around the group for quite a while, right? You've seen uh, the ups and downs of, of attendance and all these things, but Monday night felt really good. Monday night was amazing. We haven't had a crowd like that in a long time. Yeah. And I've, and several people were kind of talking about this is kind of like how it used to feel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I'm, uh, I'm very excited, man, to have a little bit of a deeper conversation about um, your testimony. I was so grateful that you, you shared that with us. And, um, you know, just even to get started off, so many people were talking to me about just like how grateful they were for your transparency, you know, the way that you were willing to share what you were willing to share. And um, I'm just so grateful for that. And it's, it's just amazing how no matter what you, you say, really, it's that transparency, that honesty that just speaks like this intuitive language that everybody has where it's like, I, maybe I don't even relate to what you said, but just that your willingness to be honest is like transcending, uh, like makes me like we talk about this in group, right? Like honesty breeds honesty, right? Mm-hmm. It's infectious and we want, you know, that's what uh, calls us to be able to have the strength to be able to do that. And so, um, I, yeah, I'm excited for those who maybe haven't heard or maybe who have heard, like to get to know you a little bit better. But would you just share a, a little bit about your story, what kind of brought you into Celebrate Recovery and, and where you're at now? And just overall, um, what, what, what can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, you know, I've had um, a long, um, r- wild ride with alcohol, drugs, um, inappropriate sex and um, just a lot of things going on at a very early age where um, I was um, introduced to sex and touching and kissing at a very early age. I was only six at the time. And um, and, and in my testimony, I, I did share that around that time, I started actually stealing as well. So it just felt like once a little bit of perversion got into me, it just started to kind of snowball mm. and I started seeing as my life went on. I mean, I've had like 45 years of chaos in my life where I just snowballed into one thing and things just kept picking up. You know how a snowball gets. It just yeah. starts getting bigger and bigger. You know, once I started um, the smoking pot, 
um, the drinking and then started introducing whatever drug somebody would put in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. literally just how it happened. And I would just, um, I just go, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Let's see what this does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, and, and the interesting thing, and I'm, I'm sure this has kind of been your experience and you shared this a little bit, you know, in your testimony and stuff, how much have you like worked through, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, for, for me personally, I, it, we had conversations too with other guys who, um, sim- have similar stories, right? Like, um, had some like sexual interactions with an older woman and, um, at the time feeling like, man, this is, this is awesome, right? Like this is, this is great. Yes. You know, like this is like your kind of wildest fantasy type deal where you're like, this is amazing. Um, and, but now then looking back and for, for my case, and, I, and I'm wondering if it's similar to you and how you've kind of worked through this is, you know, I have to now grapple with this idea of like, I was taken advantage of, you know, that this was, that was not that that's abuse, right? That that's mm-hmm. not okay that that happened. That was wrong that it, it happened. So I have to like live in this tension of, you know, I was not only okay with it, but I was very happy for it in, in many cases. And like my case as well, bragged about, you know what I mean? Like it was yes. like this kind of bravado type deal. Um, and now coming to this point of like understanding, well, this has caused a lot of trauma in my life. Um, this created a snowball inside my life or pushed the snowball ahead a little bit longer. Um, and then, you know, in my, my case, you know, I was underage and this, this, uh, woman was, you know, over, she was an adult, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, <laughs> that's not okay. Like that should have never happened. And so how do I work through those things and deal with those things? And I wonder, is any of that, do you resonate with that? And, and if you do kind of, uh, maybe share that with us a little bit and how you've kind of worked through that now. Yeah, I, de- I definitely, um, recognize that and I can agree with that. You know, it, you know, uh, how can I say this? When you have pleasure of the flesh mm-hmm. and haven't had that at a very young age and haven't experienced that. And as it moved on, you, you, you start to experience or experiment with that, yeah. just like you experiment with drugs or anything that um, you're going after. And it really created in me a, a really strong perversion. Yeah. Like, just like the drugs, I couldn't get high enough. I almost couldn't get enough sex. Yeah. I almost, um, I had to try everything and try everything once or twice. And, you know, it, it can get out of control just like doing drugs. You know, and um, it, it spilled into my marriages. Um, it spilled into all of my relationships, to be honest. Was there always somebody else? Or am I looking for, if I couldn't get what I want from one, I went to the other. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's like you said, yeah, it was cool when it happened. Well, if I could look back and say, yeah, that was cool. But now when I look back and I think of it, it's like, I, you know, now that I'm I'm following God and I'm trusting God and I want to be all that God wanted me to be. I I was shortchanged to have that one relationship. How beautiful. And I can look back and say how beautiful that would have been if my first child's mom was the only woman I've ever been with. Yeah. How beautiful that could have been. Yeah. And learn together instead of learning from everyone else, through everyone else. Yeah. You know. Well, a big thing that, 
you know, for me is <clears throat> so many times I've I've had conversations with with folks who, and this is me too. So I don't I don't mean to kind of take myself out of this, but like, and I'll ju- I guess I'll just speak for myself. You know, I didn't want to admit reality for what it was because I thought that that was blaming that person, right? So like, I was a I I was like consenting right in these sexual interactions it wasn't like mm-hmm. I, it was happening against my will and so now like looking back at it now and saying you know what how do i deal with this situation that happened that was wrong you know even though i willingly you know walked into this this situation and what i run into the danger of and what many of us run into the danger of is we can't you know, we've all said it, right? If I only knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. well, that's how we approach our past experiences, knowing what we know now. And I have to be really careful to not, you know, treat my past self like I am today. Like I know, you know, I, I'm a much healthier, uh, I'm an adult, right? My my brain is fully developed. I mean, as much as it's going to get, right? And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work inside of my life. I've, I've had a lot of healing and I've grown tremendously and I can't look back and treat that person like he should have known better, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, for me personally, looking at those situations and being able to say, look, yes, I willingly went into those. Yes, you know, um, I I enjoyed those things. And, you know, I had like a, a, a kind of a bragging, you know, braggadocious type, you know, mm-hmm. attitude about it. But it was wrong. And, and it should not have happened. And so I have to deal with that situation as such. I have to be able to look at it in that way in order for me to be able to actually heal and grow from it so that I don't make those same mistakes now today. Because if I deal with it in any other way other than how it is in reality, not necessarily how I treated it as an adolescent, not necessarily how you know I wanted it to be or whatever, but actually how it affected me, <laughs> to deal with it in reality, to not have denial about the fact that, you know, that was that was sexually abusive, you know? And if I'm not willing to accept that, then there's no way for me to be able to heal from that. Because what am I going to be healing? The fact that I, you know, shouldn't have liked something that I did like, you know? Well, why is that, right? And so being able to step out of denial in that is the only way that I'm able to heal from that. But it is a difficult it's a difficult thing to walk through. Um, same thing, you know, even with drugs. And I wonder if maybe you've had similar experiences with people who, who offered me drugs and, and introduced me to different things of that nature where it's like, you know, I willingly stepped into those positions. I willingly did those drugs. Um, but that doesn't mean that it was right for that person to do that. I'm not blaming that person, mm-hmm. but I, I, can, I can only heal from something if I look at it like it truly is, you know? And so I wonder what that looks like for you for, for kind of your drug career and, and, you know, amongst all of this, what, how, you know, what did uh, drugs kind of play a role in, you know, you, uh, in your whole testimony and, you know, getting you into Celebrate Recovery? Well, as far as drugs are concerned, you know, I I, I was young, obviously everything, not everything happens when we're young, but you know, I would sneak a beer from the refrigerator, um, hated the taste. I would say, I'm never drinking <laughs> beer again. Um, 
you know, we started smoking pot. Me and my friends started smoking pot at ninth grade. I had a broken arm, so I couldn't play sports. So it mm. was just, if I didn't have anything taking up my time, then I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And that was always the case for me. So I had to always pretty much stay busy. And that's what I do now, definitely, is sustained busy with the program and, and reading and, and just learning more stuff. But, you know, you talked about how, you know, just the drinking, the smoking, we were just being kids and just doing our thing. But there was a time when it came to doing meth, um, I used to date girls that would do coke and they would say, hey, you want a bump or what's up? And I'd go, no. <laughs> I go, that is the ugliest drug, putting something up your nose. I would literally tell them. I'd yeah. still date them, yeah, yeah. but I ain't doing that. And we were, you know, I can see it clearly. I was, I was in a room. There's like five or six guys and they were doing meth. Yeah. And they say, Alex, just try it. Just try it. And I finally gave in. And I remember that feeling. I remember literally having all this energy and just running down the street. I felt like I could just run forever. Yeah. And I can look back, like, because I was able to tell the girls, no, I don't want to do that. But when I had that peer pressure of the, of the guys, hmm. you know, saying, just do it, just try it. And I did. And you know, I was hooked right from the beginning. I was like, man, this is something. Yeah. And it leads into other things. I could drink longer. I could, yeah. you know, have sex longer. I right. can do, do a lot of things, you know, because I had all this energy. It was crazy. Yeah. So that went on for quite a few years, and you shared in your testimony, went through two marriages and, mm -hmm. and several kids. Um, and then eventually you found your way to Palm Valley Church and was going to Palm Valley Church for a while, even while using drugs and acting out sexually, right? Am I, yes, yeah? definitely. And then at some point, um, you you had a spiritual awakening, right? Like the, the veil kind of came off, so to speak. And what was that like for you? And, and how did you reconcile, you know, your kind of Sunday Christian with now coming to terms with what does this really mean to turn my life over to God? And and I would even like to talk about that because we're talking about step three right now in group. We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. And so, um, you know, what did that look like for you coming into group and even with step three as you began to really truly make that decision? Well, through, through my drug and alcohol years you know i did get in a lot of trouble i mentioned in my testimony i did get five duis so i had to do a lot of aa programs i had to do a recovery which was all court ordered yeah. nothing i wanted to do um but when i finally came here you know the very first time i came here i came here for someone else i literally did <laughs> but god knew i needed to be here i knew i needed to be here but i just wasn't ready to surrender that and, you know, my wife now, Claudia, was somebody that loved me differently because I know I'm weird. And I know, I don't want to say strange. I just know I'm just, I don't know, just a little <laughs> different, I guess. But, um, you know, I'm just a human and I, and I deal with things differently. But the way that she loved me and the way that she cared about me, and I knew I, I was about to lose her, mm. you know, because I would still doing drugs she knew that i drank and she knew that i got drunk and i didn't come home at night yeah but she had no idea i was out there doing, using drugs um and it just i got to the point where i was finally sick and tired or just right about there you know yeah. and so when i was able to 
I loved her enough and I trusted her, that she loved me enough that I could be vulnerable. Mm. And, and that's where it changed for me because I was able to finally say, hey, I got an issue with this. Mm. And this is what I've been doing. And, you know, the angel that she is, um, she didn't belittle me. She didn't yell at me. Um, she didn't make me feel less than, you know. She, she listened to me. And she fed me, and I laid on the couch. Mm. She fed me. I slept. You know, it was just like a three or four days, just detoxing. And and I know, you know, Ca- Claudia and I had this conversation, and and she had no idea what to do. Yeah. Like, I knew you drank, but what did I get myself into? And I know she had talked to her brother, and and her brother was was kind of um, her sounding board, and. I don't have anyone. I'm not from Arizona. And he had said to her, Alex has nobody but you. Hmm. You know, and so I don't know if that's what made her stay, but you know, we stuck it out. We worked it to we worked it we worked it out together. I started coming here for, for reals and for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and um I, I don't remember the year, but I know it was in January. I was like, let's start this new year, let's start doing this. We were in the back building and, um, again, being with you folks and just speaking, it made me feel like I'm not unusually weird because we're all kind of weird. <laughs> and sometimes we think we're unique in our weirdness, uh, but we're not. Yeah. We're all the same and we're all struggle with something. And it's till we get honest with ourselves and re- getting ready to face those um, demons yeah. or however you say um, is where you start to find healing. And we, we're talking about step three, turning your will and life over to God. Um, for me, like I had been saved for a while, but I talk about that being as fire insurance because I didn't yeah. want to go to hell. But it was when I had told Claudia what I'd been doing. And then I, because I started confessing. I started mm-hmm. letting out, These, this is who I am. Now it's who I was. And... Doing that, I, I was surrendered to God because God had the only power to change me. And he's still working on me and doing some great stuff. So that for me was a, a big step, just being able to be vulnerable, allowing God to change me um, and knowing that he could. Yeah. You know. Is there anything, you know, in step three like that <clears throat> as you were working through it, you know, something that really stuck out or something that you've like held on to, um, because, you know, step three is something that we continue to come back to, right? It's like Mm -hmm. a daily surrender, uh, because obviously, you know, it's not like I've completely given God my entire life and will, you know, maybe there's moments, you know, that that's happened inside of my life, but it's a constant struggle back and forth. And so is there anything that you would share with our listeners of just something that's helpful for you in your journey, maybe something that was helpful, you know, when you first took it or, you know, anywhere in between? How do I answer this question? Um, <laughs> for me, in, and there are, there's still things that I, I'm not, I don't want to say I hold back, but I know they can creep up on me. Lust is always going to be a big thing for me. Am I attracted to other ladies? Yes. God made women beautiful. Um, but do I have to stare at them? Do I have to gawk at them? No. So sometimes, you know, I can see it, but I don't have to stare. And I have to remind myself, what are you going to do? Are you going to ask her out? You know, like, where are you going with this, Alex? You don't even need to look. Yeah. But 
So I do have to remind myself, I have to be conscious of my actions, um, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, um, because it can get away really quick. And I had mentioned in the testimony that push and pull that God and I have, you know, because I'll push him away because I want to do Alex's way, but he'll pull me back and said, no, this way is so much better. Mm. And when I, like you were just mentioned earlier, it's that daily surrender. Sometimes it's just a moment to moment <laughs> surrender where, yeah. hey, I, I'm starting to slide back. Even if it's just a couple inches, when you start getting really close to God and start trying to follow him, you feel it right away when you start slipping back, mm. even if it's just a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't think I like this. Yeah, that's so good. Is there, you know, any type of like um, a process or, you know, any any kind of insight as to, you know, something that could be helpful to us, um, you know, that you kind of use to help keep you on track or um, that helped you kind of like reframe your thinking, you know, because um, that's something that, you know, even though I continue learning, it's something that I had to learn. Like I had to wrap my brain around it about like, what does this really look like for me? How do I do this? You know, is there anything like that maybe you could share with us that's been beneficial for you? Yeah, de- definitely. Um, is, is being in the word, hmm. um, you know, I have to read daily and, and, you know, I always pray, God, help me understand what you're reading, but, and help me to retain it and help me to be able to bring it back to when I need it. You know, I can read and not have no idea what I just read. Um, so I ask him to show me those things. And, and what you were saying, John, is one of my tools is as soon as I notice that I'm thinking a certain way or acting a certain way, I try to capture that thought, try to capture that action as quickly as I can. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. And I, I'll just talk to God, you know. I just talk to him. Like, it's like I'm talking to you. I'll just say, hey, I know what I'm doing, and I need your help. Yeah. You know, that's good, man, because I think there's there has to be for me anyways. And I think that it's just really good practice. It's like, hey, have you turned your life and your will over? It's like, yeah. OK, well, how? What does that look like? What, what, what do you do? You know, and I think that daily time with God is is a great example of it, because, you know, if I say that I've turned my life and my will over to him, but I don't spend any time with him. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the the main way that we can spend time with God is by, you know, learning about him and being in his word. And if I'm not doing that, how can I say that I've even, you know, surrendered any of my life and will to him? And so, and things like service too. I think service is a great example of turning my life and will over because a lot of times service or like 12 step work, it's calling me to do things that, you know, aren't, aren't, they're not like luxurious. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like lavish, you know, a lot of times it's difficult stuff. It's hard stuff. It's putting me in, you know, vulnerable positions and difficult positions and places I don't necessarily want to be, but because I've surrendered my life to Christ and I am surrendering, well, my life looks different Mm -hmm. because of that. And, you know, if, if I, uh, you know, say that I've surrendered, but my life looks exactly the way that it did before, well, then, you know, that's, I, I would be concerned maybe, you know, to, you know, we it, it should like literally look different. Like the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we spend our time should literally look different. And so I think, yeah, spending time in the Word is a huge part of that that's going to influence all of those other areas. 
So. 100%. 100%. Um, like you mentioned, if, if, if I went home every day and I never spoke with Claudia, we're not going to have a great marriage. And yeah. same thing with, with our, our relationship with God is we do need to be in his word. We need to be in prayer. We need to have conversations. And again, I always like to say I'm weird because I know me. Um, I just, I'll just talk to God and sometimes I'll be talking to him and praying and, and I'll be lying. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, God, you know, I'm lying right now. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm trying to make up a story or making up an excuse for why I'm doing whatever it is I want to do. So I have to catch myself and, and really just, you know, God help me with this thought or, or whatever that, and it's mostly my thoughts, Yeah, you know, that, that lead me astray. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's thinking, thinking, man. Yes, you know, exactly. it's a lifelong battle to be able to, you know, combat it and to be able to put tools and and things in place to be able to, yeah, have some strength in the mind. But even at that, you know, we're all tempted. You know, there's, you know, we're not going to be free from temptation. And so, um, you know, it's what we talk about in group where it's like this, this isn't a group uh, that's going to teach us how to have a perfect life free from temptation. This is a group that's going to help us deal with life on life's terms and deal with things as they come up. And so I appreciate you, man. I really appreciate you uh, just sharing a little bit about your story. I would love before we go, if you would just share a little bit for the newcomer, those who are uh, maybe interested in the program, maybe those who are just getting started, um, and maybe even those who, you know, are, are kind of getting invited and, and friends are telling them you should check it out. And they're saying, no, you know, I'm not a drug addict or I'm not an alcoholic. I got no place or, you know, they I tried something in the past and it didn't work. And so what would you share with any of those folks about uh, just your experience with CR and, and how it could maybe be beneficial for them? Well, I think CR is, is a totally different program than your secular programs. Um, you know, this is a, a, a God base, and it's not just about addictions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your hurt, your habit, your hang-up, and we all have something. We probably have all three of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just knowing, you know, if you want to grow closer to God and believe that he has something better for you, why wouldn't you take those steps? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I talked about it earlier. I had been saved, but I lived in my own hell, mm-hmm. you know. I, and I and I accepted Christ, so I didn't go to hell. But yeah, I'll, I'll have my own hell here on earth. <laughs> yeah, that's great, Alex. But you know, ha- coming here and and taking a look at those hurts, those hangups, and those addictions, and allowing God to heal me, um, working with you guys, um, being of service, all helps me get out of me, so I can be better for. For him, you know, God has a purpose for me. God has a purpose for the newcomer. If you're being invited, it's a God thing. You know, <laughs> God's saying you need to be here. Um, and, and there's there's beauty on the other side of it. And it's scary. And I know you've talked about it. What What does my life look like mm. on the other side of if I'm not the drinking Alex or if I'm not the sex Alex or the drug Alex, who am I? Yeah, I'm God's child mm. and he has something for me. And I've kind of embraced that. And, and, you know, am I perfect? No, I struggle all the time. And, but I, I, like I said, that push-pull, I'll push away and God pulls me back. And I know he'll do that um, for the newcomer. He wants to change your life. And if you allow him to, um, there's just a beautiful thing on this other side. You know, it's not easy because it's actually more work. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, so I think um, for the newcomer is just come check it out. Come with an open mind, open heart. 
listen. You don't have to participate, but just listen and see. You're gonna, you, you can't come into a room and say, God, I, I relate to that. I understand that. Or I'm going through that now. Yeah. And let God soften your heart. Yeah. So good. Give it a chance. You give it a chance. Exactly. Yeah. Alex, man, I love you, bro. And I'm so you. grateful for you. And I'm grateful for your willingness to come and chat on here. Um, come and see Alex at our Goodyear group and uh, get to know him a little bit better. And um, God, I, you know, I just. Uh, ask God to bless you and your family and just everything that you're doing. And uh, I'm so encouraged by your growth and I uh, can't wait to see what God does in your life next, bro. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.